so much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. You're listening to the AW360 podcast from Advertising Week. In this episode, I speak with Jess Phillips, founder and CEO of The Social Standard. Jess and I discuss the wide variety of social platforms available today, how brands can find the right influencer fit, and the promise and potentially exciting future of the metaverse. I hope you enjoy this episode. Jess Phillips, welcome to the AW360 podcast. I'm pleased to have you on today. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So you are founder and CEO of The Social Standard. What is The Social Standard? Uh, Great question. And one of my arguably favorite topics to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) So um, The Social Standard is my company, as you mentioned. We're an influencer marketing agency. We're full service, which means that we're not just matching you with the best and the brightest talent. We're also helping create amazing strategies that are social and influencer first. We launched an experiential division as well to help our brand partners take um, full advantage of the power of influencers, not just online, but also offline. We've got a performance creative division that also takes a look at content for some of our brand partners who uh, like to leverage influencers for content and then put a ton of paid behind it. Um, But everything that we do Everything that, we, yeah, everything that we do really, the whole goal is to set the standard in the space. That's what we're all about. Um, that's sort of what gets us up in the morning and keeps us excited is what's new, what's innovative, how can we take something fun and exciting to our clients? And the best part is, you know, we've got some of the, I think, best clients in the world. Um, Adobe is a huge one of ours. I mean, how, how could you, how could you have a better client than Adobe? I mean, they're, they're creative. They're meant for creators. It's, it's a perfect fit for us, but we love working with those guys. Fiat Chrysler is another one, Hinge, Tostitos, Buick, L'Oreal, um, you name, we've got some, some really big name clients that we love to work with, um, and that are very innovative. And so that keeps us excited, um, about working, you know, about working in the space. It keeps us jazzed up. And I think that it helps everybody really kind of take advantage of the, influencer marketing in in the best and most successful way possible. Amazing. And so how did you personally get started in social and then eventually go on to found the the social standard? Yeah. So I actually started in the world of finance, oddly enough. Um, I did investment banking and private equity right out of school. And one of the things that was interesting is I, at the time, you know, obviously in private equity, you look at a lot of different investments and I saw Pinterest as an up and coming platform that I thought was just going to do really great things. And I tried to actually get involved and employed at Pinterest back when I think they were just in Ben's garage. And that was a no-go, but I ended up getting introduced to uh, Hello Society, which at the time was a Pinterest influencer company. Um, So I decided to sign on there. So I started as employee number two and COO there and helped grow it into a multi-million dollar business that ultimately got sold to the New York Times. So that was my intro into the world of influencer marketing and this, you got to remember, it's at a time when it was like five companies doing influencer marketing and you still had to explain what an influencer was. Um, so once that that went through, I decided I just wasn't quite done with the influencer space. I saw really great things ahead. And so that's where I started the social standard with the idea of saying, okay, I know this is going to be a big space. I know there's going to be a lot that's 
going to happen. And there's going to need to be an agency, a company, you know, a solution for brands to set the standard and set the space, uh, excuse me, the pace. And so that's what, that's what I've always tried to, um, to do for this, the particular space and for our particular, particular clients is to set that standard. And when it comes to social, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, back way back when, which actually really in the whole scheme of things, wasn't that long ago, there was mm-hmm. only so many platforms. There was only so many players. There was only so many influencers. What do you feel about the sheer number of platforms out there now? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. There, there's so much going on in this space. It's one of the reasons why I love the space, but it's forever reinventing itself. So when I started the social standard, it was really YouTube, um, Instagram, Snapchat was just coming online. Obviously you had Twitter. Um, if you count Twitter, I don't always count Twitter in the mix there. And it's grown so much. I mean, when you look at like what's happened, even in the past couple of years, TikTok, you know, go back three years, TikTok wasn't even something people were talking about really musically was a thing. Uh, but it hadn't seen the amount of growth that, you know, we have seen now. And so if you look now, we've got TikTok has turned the entire world upside down. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy growth. They've, they basically took Facebook and YouTube and said, you know, shook them and said, Hey, you know, get it together. Short-term video is here to stay. And you have YouTube and Facebook meta, I should say now, um, basically like chasing their tails, trying to figure out how to catch up with this short form video content. And they've done it now. And reels has been, I think arguably pretty successful shorts is somewhat successful. Um, so the social space for me is, is, you know, forever changing. And now, even if you look at TikTok, they're said, Hey, let's, let's dip our toes into the YouTube territory and let's start trying to do some 10 minute videos, long form videos. Will it be successful? You know, I don't know. I think it ultimately depends on the user interface and the experience that TikTok provides to users uh, when they log in. But it is very interesting um, to watch all of this kind of come together. And then we all, of course, know what's going on with Twitter and Elon Musk, which I think could breathe some really interesting life into Twitter again uh, as an influencer marketing platform or company. Um, We could do some fun stuff there, but if not, I think Twitter will continue to to drudge along in terms of what it does. Um, and you know, we won't do quite as much on Twitter as, as we have, uh, in the past. Yeah. You know, it feels like, you know, we deal with a lot of brands at advertising week and by extension, a a lot of agencies, a lot of marketers, um, a lot of everybody. One of the things that persistently comes up is, you know, you have so many platforms and then you have that creator space and the influencer space. Mm -hmm. And it feels like not everybody is familiar with the difference between those two, between creators and influencers. Can you shed some light on that for the audience? Sure. And I think it's, it's a reasonable point of confusion. Um, And I think that's because, you know, if you look at an influencer, the way that I think about that influencer is someone who has a great relationship with their audience. They can absolutely influence how they're purchasing behavior. Creators are a little bit more of like, I would call it almost more of an entrepreneur style where they may actually be out creating content, um, creating entertainment and building businesses. Now that's not to say they're not mutually exclusive. You're not either one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. You can absolutely be both. And I think probably the most successful creators are also really great influencers, right? Mm -hmm. But what I always tell brands is don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in the definition between, oh, should I work with creators? Should I work with influencers? What you need to do is figure out what your campaign objectives are. What are your goals from a marketing standpoint? And let's find the people who have the right audiences and the right tone and let's partner you with them. They could be an influencer, they could be a creator. It doesn't matter. The goal, um, the goal is ultimate, you know, ultimately hitting your KPIs and we'll figure out the right people to do that. 
And when it comes to brands and, you know, expressing an interest to you about being involved in certain platforms, how do you steer them? Is it based on what type of brand they are? Is it based on what type of materials or what, what kind of tone they're looking to present? How, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, I think the first, the first step really is audience, right? Are you going after your core audience? How old are they? Are you going after a new audience? Are they younger? Because, you know, TikTok, like I mentioned, has seen such a huge rise and we're even seeing the, um, you know, household income and age demographics ship, shift up. However, it still is a big Gen Z platform, right? So if you are a, you know, $70,000 automobile, I'm still going to push you to Instagram, mm-hmm. right? Instagram is the darling of social media. It still is. Um, I think they can, I don't think they're going to be there forever. I do think TikTok is going to um, outpace them pretty quickly here if they don't make some changes. But, you know, you have to look at where your audience is and you have to look at the type of content that your audience wants to assume. TikTok is hard for brands. Um, you know, you have a, like a five second window, a three to five second window to grab someone's attention on a video right now. And you cannot repurpose content because, it just falls on deaf ears. So you got to think about what's your, you know, what's your audience and then what's your overall brand tone and messaging. And then we can kind of layer that up. And then obviously what your goals are, right? If you're, if you're strictly performance, you know, you're probably going to go, um, to YouTube. Excellent. And do you think that there's a migration over time of different demographics that you would normally associate with one platform moving over to another? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think as things catch on, you know, (laughs) What happens is you see it's always it's always led by the youngest, right? Because they're always interested in what's new and cool and happening, and then that sort of uh, has a an effect where like okay, now it's you know now it's not just the the teens, now it's the twenty year olds, and after the twenty year olds it becomes you know the millennials, and after millennials it becomes the you know the parents of the millennials. So it always it, it always expands. It's just the question is how long is that expansion window? And I think if you go back you know, 10 years, the expansion window was long, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I think my, you know, I think about like my parents or people who are my parents' age, they didn't jump right into YouTube after I was into YouTube um, for a few years, right? They're, They're sort of even just getting into YouTube maybe as a couple of years ago. So that, that process is much longer. What I've noticed is that over time, because social media has become a more ingrained part of everyone's life, that that, that, time frame has shortened quite drastically. And I think we even saw that, especially with, um, during the kind of the COVID time frame, we saw the expansion really happen for TikTok starting about, I would say six to eight months in to kind of COVID, um, COVID related things because people were looking, they're actively seeking out entertainment and they thought, well, let's give this a try. Yeah, I ran out of the Netflix queue and, uh, you know, what's exactly. next? Um, <laughs> you know, when, when it comes to creators and influencers, I think for that matter, you know, either or both really. Um, How do you sort of steer brands towards those types of influencers that work best for them? I know that we hear a a lot about, and and most of it is, is pretty unfounded. I think there's way more success stories than there is horror stories, but you know, there is a little bit to be wary about as well. How do you steer them towards somebody that's a good fit for their particular brand? Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of it is, you know, you have your, you have your initial thesis based on what the brand, who the brand is, the type of content that they're interested in creating in their brand voice and their audience metrics. Right. So the way that we do it is we say, okay, based on X, Y, and Z, we think Instagram is the right platform. And we think these type of creators are the right platform. And then we go out and we test that theory. Right. And it's, it's all about, um, I think the most successful people 
are really great at testing because if you go out and test three influencers, you're not going to learn anything, right? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, statistics says that that size that sample is not big enough, but you need to continue to kind of look and create and test. And that is the smartest way to do things. And so that's how we guide a lot of our um, brand partners, especially now that there are so many influencers and so many niches, it's tough to say right out of the gate, what exactly is going to work. Um, for us, you know, said brand. So we always like to start with like a wide variety, test and learn, and then continue to go. And what's wonderful about that approach is that you find the people who really, really sync with your brand and you make them ambassadors. And then you have this kind of always on program with these ambassadors that keeps your, um, that allows you to hit your KPIs and get exactly what you need. All the while you can go through and test a smaller batch of influencers and creators to see who your next, um, you know, your next ambassador is going to be. And do you find that there's a like a variable audience size? So like brand A, for example, might need a very large audience, whereas brand B might need, I don't know, a smaller but more loyal audience. Oh, absolutely. I think it, it comes down to, are you Pepsi, you know, mm. or are you a brand new, are you, are you Ranch Water, for example, right? Ranch Water being a small, um, you know, much smaller brand than, than Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to look at, you have to look at that and you have to look at the goals, right? Pepsi has to reach you know, millions and millions and millions of people all the time. So they're going to want to work with the macro creators. They, a influencer with 30,000 followers is not the right fit for Pepsi, right? You need to look at, you need to look at people, you know, in the millions, but somebody smaller and I'll just use ranch water here. You know, those guys are, they need brand awareness, but they also need uh, conversions really quickly and they need passion. So it's like, okay, how do we, how do we find the right people who are going to want to drink a ranch water um, and not just do that, but like get their friends to do it. And so you want to start with smaller creators for that. And then also they're going to have smaller budgets than Pepsi. So smaller creators can be great. Uh, but I do think what's been interesting over the last five years is that because we have as a society transitioned to living a larger part of our, spending a larger part of our lives scrolling through social media, you have developed, um, or we as a community have developed more niches within social media. So I think probably one of the better examples is we ran a campaign with Massage Envy. And initially this was, I think this was about five years ago. And they were asking us for influencers who are runners. And I said, guy, there are like five of them out there that are doing good things, right? Mm-hmm. There's not this huge market. And now, if they were, you know, now coming back to us, I could say, all right, do you want ultra marathoners? You want regular marathoners? You want 5Kers? You want casual? Like, what do you, you know, what do you want? Right. Because we have so many more niches. And so you can get a lot more specific, which I think works really well for small brands who are starting out and need passionate people talking passionately about their brands. But there again, Pepsi doesn't really care. Pepsi's like, I want the biggest runners. Right. Well, let's look forward a little bit. What, what do you feel about, and I I understand that, you know, depending upon who you talk to, this is either a platform or it's a concept or it's a pipe dream or it's, you know, years down the road. How do you feel about the metaverse? Yeah, the metaverse is interesting. Um, I mean, you know, Facebook rebranding to meta, which was, you know, probably a pretty smart move uh, for many reasons, but the metaverse is interesting. I mean, as we've been talking about a little bit, the shift from user behavior from being, you know, predominantly spending all of your time off of your phone um, or really not having an iPhone, right? Which was something when I was in finance, I, iPhones were still pretty new mm-hmm. and now carrying around a mini computer in your pocket. I mean, you can carry around a metaverse. You can be on there anywhere. We're used to spending a lot more time on all of these platforms, doing all these different things. So we are, I would say, ripe for the picking when it comes to the metaverse. So 
you know, technology is going to have to catch up a little bit so that everyone can cheap um, inexpensively play in the metaverse. But I do see it as, um, as sort of the, not the light at the end of the tunnel, but I do see it as like kind of the, the end point of where we're going right now. And so much so that we actually have office space in the metaverse at the moment. So if anyone wants to have a meeting with us in our um, office in the metaverse, we can do that. We've got, we showcase a lot of our work there. Um, like I said, we can have meetings, we can do a whole bunch of conversations, we can have events. So it's, it's a pretty interesting thing, but you know, we're still in the beginning stages of it. I mean, I know, of course, with marketing and, and press and everything, everybody loves to talk about the next new big thing mm-hmm. and it's, it's coming, but we're realistically, we're a ways away bef- from doing anything super concrete, I think. And when it comes to the creators that are out there and the mm-hmm. metaverse is, is it accessible to them? Do you think, I mean, you know, we hear so many examples of, you know, modern day metaverse, you know, here's the things that are here and you see examples like, you know, Fortnite, for example, or, sure. you know, VR, you know, activations, things of that nature. Is that really something that creators will have the bandwidth and the sort of the financial backing to put together come that time? Or is that kind of a wait and see or wait until it becomes more affordable? Yeah, I think, you know, as, as things mature with the metaverse, they're going to become less expensive over time. That just seems to be the path with technology. So I think when the time arrives, creators will definitely have the capacity because they're going to be growing towards that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cost should be, it should be a cost effective enough approach because if a creator can't do it, you know, regular Joe off the street is also not going to be able to do it. And you need the massive amounts of people in the metaverse to make it operate um, in a, in a successful way. So I, I do see creators being able to do that. And I know one of, um, we have a talent management division and one of the influencers that we exclusively represent is Demi Bagby. She's the largest fitness influencer on TikTok, with almost 14 million followers. And she right now is working with a company to create her own avatar where she went in and put on a suit and is, you know, doing all of her moves. And she's very well known for like flips and a lot of these big kind of physical moves. So her and her avatar do all of these things. So she's at the forefront of it um, with some introductions and things that we've made for her. And that to me gives us, gives me some good insight into how I think things ultimately will work. Um, And I do, you know, I do think the customization of that is going to be really interesting. And and that's sort of how I see creators playing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, Jesse, it's been fantastic talking to you. Where can people find out more about you and the social standard, both on the web and for that matter, I guess your office in the metaverse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I can, we, I'll, get, I'll shoot you a link to our metaverse office. Um, you can you can keep in here below. Mm-hmm. But if you want to check us out, I would say go to our website, sostandard.com. We've got a great blog there. You can sign up for our newsletter where you get a lot of really interesting content um, about the industry and the space and what's happening. And you can also check us out on Spotify or Apple, the social standard for the podcast where we talk uh, regularly with C-level executives about trends in the space and what we think is coming next. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great chat. Thanks for listening. For other content like this and to learn more about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com and follow us on social media. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. 
With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.